How's it going, James? Sam is going pretty well. Good. You excited for our conversation today? Part of me is. Yes. Part of me is sad that we even have to bring this up. That's a good way to describe it. There's, yeah, I don't know if excitement's the right word. I would say it's a good opportunity. Hopefully this will be a good conversation that challenges people who listen and an opportunity to get people thinking about their faith and and about how they approach really kind of the culture of Christianity as a whole. But yeah, it's a bummer we have to have this conversation. Yeah, so this may take us longer than uh, the 10 minutes that we kind of aim for on some of these, um, but I think that's okay. If you're listening to on the podcast, you can just pause and wait for your next car ride to finish it. Yep. So it might be a little more than 10 minutes to kind of give you a heads up. Go ahead and kind of introduce what we're going to be talking about. Sure. Um, So you may have noticed, you may have paid attention and and seen in the last couple of months, there have been two, for lack of a better term, I'll call them Christian celebrities, right? These people that we kind of elevate and put on a pedestal, whether they're authors or worship leaders or even pastors sometimes. Um, But two Christian big names, and one name more recently than the other, but both of these guys, Joshua Harris, who you may remember from I Kiss Dating Goodbye, and Marty Sampson, you may not know the name, but he is the worship leader for Hillsong United, so I have to imagine you've heard the songs and are familiar with Hillsong, but both Joshua Harris and Marty Sampson in the last two months, is that fair? Probably. In the last two months or so have both, in a very public way, designed to bring attention to themselves, which is a whole nother issue to talk about, but in a very public way have announced that they are stepping away from Christianity, right? They're they're renouncing Christianity and they're kind of leaving the faith to figure things out um, because in both of their minds to different degrees, and I don't know their hearts, we don't, you know, we don't know where they are. All we can go off of is the public statements they've made saying so, but they are, they're kind of done with Christianity. They're not convinced it's true. Um, and so they wanted to let people know why they are leaving Christianity. And some of their reasons are tragic. Some of their reasons are, if I'm being honest, pretty frustrating and I think absolutely pathetic, um, if, if I can speak bluntly. But whatever you want to describe their reasoning as, it brings up points that we need to talk about and people need to be aware of. So what do you want to start? You want to start with Joshua or Marty? Um, or not even Joshua. John Cooper from Skillet uh, wrote a great post kind of breaking down his response to these guys leaving. And so we want to talk about John Cooper's reaction. Yeah. Uh, we want to talk about some stuff Marty Sampson said and just give our thoughts on this as a whole and, and really get you guys thinking about this. I think most people would probably fall in the camp that I am that you may not know these guys by name, uh, but you've probably heard of the book at some point in your life and you've probably heard of Hillsong. Um, cause I didn't, I couldn't tell you who they were and I knew I, Joshua someone, Harris. I couldn't have told you Marty Sampson. Yeah. I'm someone who probably should know that kind of stuff, but honestly, I never read the book. No, I, I knew of the book and I went, I was in youth group, I think, you know, when it was kind of popular and I know people who did read it, but I never read it and I never even agreed with it from no. the get go myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cause I dated my wife. I, you know, I, I did everything that it told you not to do. Um, but I, I kind of knew of these guys, but I didn't really know them by name. So I, I would say, let's start with, um, and start with Marty's quote. Yeah. Uh, we can start with that. And then I've got a few things I want to, uh, mention about John Cooper's post. John Cooper, uh, of skillet, um, is someone who I, I find interesting that we're going to be 
talking about his response because the type of music and the type of culture he's a part of is something you would say would be a little more risky of going away from the faith than Hillsong worship. Oh yeah. I mean, if you asked the average church in America, right? Like whose music would be better to play in church, Mm -hmm. Hillsong or Skillet, people are going to be going with Hillsong, right? Like, oh, that's actual worship music. And so I think one of the things we see in this, and we even talked about this a couple episodes ago with the whole music thing is just because someone's singing rock music or rap music doesn't mean it can't be lyrics that glorify God. And and that's something that Cooper really talks about in his response. But we'll start with Marty Samson. We'll start with Marty's and uh, we'll move on from there. So this is Marty Sampson, and not his whole quote, but this is part of Marty Sampson's quote from his Instagram post where he announced that he's stepping away from Christianity. He's, he's kind of done with it. He says, this is a soapbox moment, so here I go. How many preachers fall? Many. No one talks about it. How many miracles happen? Not many. No one talks about it. Why is the Bible full of contradictions? No one talks about it. And before we get to the second half of his quote, I know we each have thoughts on that first half. So what, I mean, when you hear him complaining that people aren't talking about preachers falling, people aren't talking about miracles, people aren't talking about biblical truth and how we can know if the Bible's true, I, I know my immediate response to that. What? How do you respond to that? My response would be, uh, that's a lie. Yes. Um, and I, I, I think I know what your opinion is, but people are talking about those things. Absolutely. Uh, they make headlines uh, when a so-called celebrity pastor uh, makes statements like that. People do talk about it. It makes headlines. Um, But also, uh, I've actually had people that were a part of my youth group um, years ago, and then even friends of mine who kind of did the same thing. Maybe not as grand scale as someone who was a celebrity, Mm -hmm. but they'll go on Facebook or whatever and, and post a statement just like this, that, you know, nobody's talking about God sending people to hell or stuff like that. It's like, no, we are, we are talking about those things. Yeah. Like you're not making a statement that's true. No. One, it's not true. And two, if you legitimately are in a Christian bubble where no one's talking about, hey, how can we know the Bible's true? No one's talking about, hey, here's some failings. What can we learn from them? How do we hold each other accountable? I mean, you're in, you're in the wrong circle. You need to find a circle of people who actually care, right? Like if you're not talking about the real serious stuff, I would say that's an issue with the shallowness of your heart and the shallowness of your pursuit of Christ. I mean, if you could genuinely say, yeah, the church I'm in, we don't talk about anything difficult. Leave. Leave. Get out of there. Find a church that's worth something. Find a church that's going to talk about the difficult questions and is going to acknowledge, look, we're not perfect. How do we deal with it? That's going to celebrate the miracles that God does do. So, I mean, that's that's my response to his first half is, one, I just think it's categorically false. And two, if tragically that is true, that you're surrounded by Christians who don't talk about anything other than shallow, you know, get that front row parking spot nonsense. I mean, you need to find a new circle of Christians to hang out with. Yeah. So maybe maybe there's a possibility that it was true in his context, but that's not true overall. No. And so I think the challenge for us then is think about your life. Think about the conversations you have with your Christian friends and your non-Christian friends, right? Are we willing to engage in difficult conversations? Are we willing to ask the questions like, okay, how can we know the Bible is true? How can we know the resurrection is true? How can we know that the miracles happen? You know, are we willing to look at and to learn? 
And I think that's part of it is that the church went through a pretty serious anti-intellectual movement where they didn't want to engage with scripture. They didn't want to engage with their faith on an intellectual level. They just wanted to talk about things that made them feel good and smile. And so when they're confronted with a tough question, they're not prepared to answer it because they've never taken the time to study it to know what they actually believe. So if you're listening to this, make sure you know what you believe. I don't want anyone to believe who God is and believe who Christ is because James and I told you to, right? Like, I believe what I believe because I've looked at the evidence and I've looked at the different systems around the world and I've seen the truth in Christianity, not because I was raised in a household with parents who were Christians. Right. And I don't know how you were as a teenager, but when I became serious about my faith, uh, I think it was probably the culture that was in the church I grew up in, but apologetics were such a huge thing. Now that I'm older, I think I maybe to put too much stock in apologetics. And you certainly can. You can yeah. absolutely swing too far. And I went too far the other way. Yeah. There's a balance. Absolutely. You need to be able to defend your faith. Um, and there's also a balance of just being honest about things too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I struggle with this or that. Um, I don't have the answers to everything. Um, all those, there's, there's a definitely a balance. But you brought up, uh, or you kind of are leading into what I wanted to uh, go to next is we must, or this is actually John Cooper's quote from his Facebook post. Uh, he says, we must stop making worship leaders or, and thought leaders or influencers or cool people or relevant people the most influential people in Christianity. He says, and yes, that includes people like me. But I think this can go a little bit further too as far as we need to stop making people the top influencers in our life. Absolutely. I, I could not agree more. I, I mean, I literally could not agree anymore with that sentiment. Literally. Sentiment. Literally. Like, I'm at my max agreement with that. 100%. Christianity is not about people. <laughs> Christianity is not about, oh, well, my pastor said, or my worship leader said, or my friend said. No, Christianity is about what did God say? What did Jesus say? What is the example that Jesus set for us? You can't draw closer to Christ by proxy or by osmosis, right? Surrounding yourself by people who take it seriously is great, but it does nothing for your personal relationship with Christ. Yes, it may challenge you and inspire you, but at the end of the day, it's not about people. It's not about, oh, well, I attend a church with an awesome pastor, or I attend a church with an awesome awesome worship band. It's, right. okay, your relationship with Christ. It's a personal relationship with Christ that's at the, at the center of Christianity, and we've made it about people. We've made it about the authors we read and the people we listen to and the sermons we listen to and the podcasts we listen to, which is ironic given that this is a podcast. But look, if you're relying on this podcast to be the driving force behind your relationship with Christ, stop it. If you're looking at, okay, well, I could either read scripture or I could listen to this podcast, read scripture. We should not be your first source of time with God. And I think that's what Cooper is getting at. I think that um, this could even go to Mansfield is that we shouldn't make certain pastors uh, because of their skill set um, or the way they speak or the environment that's set at the on the stage more important than biblical preaching too. And I'm not saying that you know those places can't have correct biblical teaching. Absolutely. But when we are only going to a church because of things like you know this is a cool place to go, um, that kind of thing that that can't be a reason for us to choose that as our church either. No, not at all. Um, Because it's so easy to look at the internet and find 
very good speakers. Absolutely. Um, you know, that are very, obviously very skilled. God's given them uh, the talents and gifts they need to perform what they need them to do. But even that, you cannot base your relationship with God off of the cool church that you attend or the, you know, very talented speakers that you watch on the internet. Yeah. Those things don't get you closer to God. It's what are you doing with it? And it's actually the word of God is where we have to base all of our doctrine off of. Absolutely. So if you attend our church and you listen every Sunday to the sermon, you should be actually comparing that to the Bible too. Yeah. Uh, You shouldn't rely on the pastor or whoever else is speaking um, or even the songs that we sing to determine what you believe about God. Uh, It should line up. It should line but you up. should not rely on that. You should be doing that on your own also. One of the things that drives me nuts is when I talk to people, I'm like, okay, what are you reading in Scripture? I'm like, well, the pastor's preaching on this. Okay, so does that mean you're reading that passage separately in the week to verify and to see the truth for yourself and, and you know, and to study it? Well, no, but that's what the pastor read on Sunday. I, I didn't ask what the pastor read on Sunday. Yeah. I asked, what are you doing with Scripture in your life? Um, the second quote, and I think this ties into some else of what— Cooper says, but the second half of Marty Sampson's quote that you and I talked about, how can God be love yet send 4 billion people to a place all because they don't believe? That's operating with such a flawed understanding of who God is in, in heaven. Because when I hear someone say that, oh, well, God can't be loving if he sends people to hell, what I hear in that, and I think what it reveals is a selfish heart or a a proudful heart that believes we inherently deserve heaven and to not get heaven is unfair and that is a tragic shortcoming in your understanding of sin and what heaven is right which i think also goes back to you know are you what do you believe Uh, that's the most important part um and then john cooper said you know that I think this was Josh Harris quote is how could a God of love send people to hell? And we kind of start, talked about this a few minutes ago, but we are talking about those things. Basically what he's saying, uh, Marty, we have, we have to look at what God says about those things. Yeah. There has to be a correct understanding. Yes. Hell is real. We need to go back all the way to the beginning. What do we deserve? Where does God's grace play a role in that? Mm-hmm. And then what is our decision based on that information? I think his, his, the, the, doctrine he's come up with is only seeing a small part and he's coming to a wrong conclusion. Absolutely. And Dan mentioned this in his sermon. I won't remember his quote perfectly, but in a sermon, I think two weeks ago, Dan talked about this. When somebody like Marty Sampson or someone else says, how could God send people to hell? That's not fair. He can't be loving if he sends people to hell. That's not fair. No, it's the inverse of that. That's true. It's not fair that God lets us into, like gives us a way to heaven. And I'm grateful for that, right? Because Scripture makes it clear that we have sinned and we deserve hell. But God, in His mercy, in His grace, in His compassion, in His love, sent His perfect Son to take our place in that punishment so that we could have a way to get to heaven. That's not fair. Fairness would have been, you sinned, you deserve hell, you get hell. Mm -hmm. But God, in His unfairness, said, no, I love you. I'm merciful. I'm gracious. Christ is going to take your place so that you can be in heaven. Right. And that's what we need to get back to. We need to make sure we understand Scripture so that we know who God really is, not this God that we've created in our own minds that makes us happy or makes us feel good or excuses 
the behavior we want to continue in. Mm -hmm. All right. What else? So that's kind of Marty. And I know Cooper's got some other great thoughts. Um, What's the next quote from, from Cooper's post that you want to share? So his quote, it's not from Josh or Marty, but he just says, you know, as these influencers disavow their faith, they always end their statements with their new insight or new truth. That is basically a regurgitation of Jesus's words. You know, basically saying, uh, love people, forgive people. And it's like, yeah, where, where did you get that? I know. It's, it's it, mind It's like they, um, well, it's, but it's just that it, and I think that goes back to ego, right? They're like, oh no, I'm renouncing Christianity. I'm renouncing this. I just want to encourage people. This is the truth I've become convinced of. You need to love other people like yourself. You need to forgive. You need to be kind and gracious. It's like, yeah, that's what Jesus said. So maybe your issue isn't with Jesus and Christianity. Maybe your issue is with the warped, distorted Christianity that we've created. Right. And so I think the issue isn't with Christianity. The issue is we need to get back to authentic Christianity. Because Christianity means being a follower, a disciple of Christ. And we've made it about so much more than that. And so when I hear these guys say stuff like that and then finish with what I've become convinced of is we just need to love people. Yeah, that's what Christ said. Right. We need to get back to what Christ said. We need to make church about God and God alone. It, it all ties together. Absolutely. They obviously uh, weren't rooted in a correct understanding of the scripture, which got them to a place of realizing, coming to a conclusion on their own, um, that Christianity is wrong, basically because they don't understand God. They don't understand the scripture either. Uh, so that's how they get to these conclusions. Which is tragic, right? It is sad to think that there are churches that are so far. I mean, both of these guys were plugged into churches, right? Like Marty Sampson was leading arguably the most popular, largest worship band in the world, right? So these guys are plugged into churches. So in a way, it's pretty heartbreaking to me that there are churches that don't look anything like biblical Christianity. I mean, that's that's a hard thing to hear, but that's why I think it's so important that we approach church, whichever church you're part of, if you're listening to this or watching this, make sure that you are being a church that's true to what God calls us to be and teaching scripture. I want to share um, this verse and John Cooper shared it also, but Isaiah chapter 40, verse eight says the grass withers and the flowers fade away, but the word of God stands forever. Basically that, you know, no matter who comes out of, next that they are no longer of the Christian faith. Um, or if your pastor makes a huge mistake in, you know, obviously that can create division in the church. Oh, sure. That, I mean, we're not trying to minimize that, right? Like when your pastor, like if a pastor falls and stumbles or a church gets broken by, you know, scandal and sin, that's devastating, but it has no impact on the truth of God's word. Right. So don't, don't put your faith and anything else except for the the word of God. Uh, It's the only thing that's going to stand the test of time, the only thing that's perfect, um, and that's how we get our true understanding of God. We're not basing it off of um, songs that we we sing or even pastors that we hear. It's the word of God that we have to be constantly in and base that, all of our beliefs off of that. Absolutely. And when we understand the word of God, when we understand scripture, we'll realize that people aren't perfect. You know what I mean? So when a popular Christian leader, whether it's a, a pastor or a worship leader or an author or whoever, like right, when they 
Marty Sampson referenced that how many preachers fall and no one talks about it. Well, one, we are talking about it, like we are, but we already covered that. But if I understand Scripture and I understand who people are and I understand who God is, I'm going to be saddened when a pastor falls, but I'm not going to be shocked by it. Right. right? I'm not going to say, what? How did that happen? They were a preacher. They're perfect. Or even if you get wronged by a church. Yeah. I, I didn't bring that up, but I've seen people say they're no longer Christians because something bad happened at their church. They well, felt scorned or burned yeah. by the church. Like, well, you put you must have put your faith in people um, because God doesn't change. No. And that verse in Isaiah makes that clear that everything else fades and withers, but the word of God is forever. Right. And so to me, when I see these quotes, when I see people stepping away from the faith and renouncing Christianity, the tragic truth of that is, you know, it makes you wonder, okay, did they actually know Jesus? Or were they just kind of familiar with the portrayal of Jesus that someone else had given them and never yeah. took the time to know the person of Christ? We could spend hours debating, basically being Arminian or Calvinist, Calvinist. which is kind of the two yeah. Right. Can can you lose your faith? Can you can you step away from your faith? You know, we we could go dive into that for a very long time. But without getting too far into that, basically, we you you have the word. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. It's it's scripture and scripture alone. That's the source of truth. That's the source of worship. We need to be a church. We need to be a people who are devoted to pursuing Christ and Christ alone. Right. We're not pursuing becoming the largest church in the area. We're not pursuing having the most number one singles. We're not pursuing breaking book sales and, and things like that. We're pursuing Christ and Christ alone, and we're consumed with knowing Christ and knowing Christ alone. And and so it's sad. It It's sad to see people experience this. It's sad to think that there are going to be people who make their opinion about God based off of people, right? Like, it's just, it, it's sad, yeah. but it's something that I think we can prepare ourselves for is, okay, recognizing, look, there are going to be people we engage with who ask tough questions. So are you prepared to answer those tough, right? The Bible says, study to show yourself approved. Are you ready to answer tough questions? Do you know scripture? Or if somebody asks you a question, is it going to shatter your very delicate faith? So if we were to give one last challenge or, or encourage somebody to do something, I would say one is don't, don't put people on a pedestal. Don't put them in a place of holiness. You think that they, they are holier um, or even close to holy like God. And Christian leaders should be setting an example, right? Yeah. Like it, Paul says, you know, but look, don't put your faith in them. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Yes, exactly. Like look to Christian leaders for examples but recognize that they're people too. And so right. they're not going to be perfect. Yeah, that's a that's a good sentiment, sentiment. So yeah, that would be my encouragement is uh, not to put people higher than they should be. Don't put your faith in people. Um, what would your encouragement or challenge be? I guess I would say just make sure you know Christ. You know, don't rely on what other people know about Christ. Make sure you know Christ. Open your Bible. Spend time in the book of John. I mean, if you want to get a picture of who Christ is, read John. Watch how he interacts with people. Watch how he loves people. Listen to what he teaches people. Because I think when you know Christ deeply and personally and intimately, it answers these questions, right? We see the mercy of God. We see the love of God. We see the compassion of God. But we see the righteousness of God and the justice of God. And I think 
too many Christians in churches have been content to know about God without knowing God. And I think that's where the issue lies. All right. So that just took us 25 minutes. Yeah, that was, we knew that was going to be a good conversation. 25 or so close to it. That's all right. That's, but yeah, I wanted, we wanted to uh, bring it to attention. Let's talk about it. So they say we're not talking about it. Yeah. Let's talk about it. People can't claim that we're not talking about the tough stuff. No. All right. I always enjoy this time. Yeah. We'll see you next time. See ya.